afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to the Brass Ring Media Podcast for Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. What's going on? I'm Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Sage. What's going on, Tyler? How's it going? It's good. Um, nice rainy day here in uh, the Midwest. I don't know if you probably had it yesterday. So, or maybe We've actually today. had like two back-to-back like gorgeous days. It's like almost 60 oh. here and sunny today, and it's... It was 60 and sunny yesterday, too. So I cannot complain about uh, the February weather here in Chicago. It could turn at any minute, but I mm-hmm. uh, can't complain for right now. Thank you, global warming. So. Yes, right. It's weird. It's bizarre, but I'll I'll take it. It feels like it, feels like it should be like April out there right now. So mm-hmm. we're going to have uh, – eventually we're going to have, you know, the, the, the you know, iron fist come down. It's going to be like 10 degrees again. So, you know, I'll take this while I can, while I can yeah. get it. Sure. Well, listen, man, it's a big week. It's a kind of the start of a couple of big weeks in a row for the wrestling industry. And so um, we are going to take time today and preview WWE Elimination Chamber, which is right. this Saturday, very early in the morning here, uh, regardless of really where you are in the United States. You have to get up early to watch the show. It's from Perth, Australia. Um, but it is a pretty like... I think it's going to be a notable newsworthy show when it's all said and done. So let me ask you to start things off here and we'll, we'll do our full preview match by match. We'll give our analysis and our, our predictions and, and that jazz. But before we get into that, um, what do you make of like how WWE has promoted this event thus far? Like with it being in Australia and at a completely like, ridiculous time to to watch live like you know i mean do you think they're just saying hey whatever this is a paid for show and we're treating it like pay-per-view and so be it or you know i mean should they have done a better job to you know build this up more so that people actually feel like they have to get up at four in the morning in chicago to to watch it so what do you make what do you make of the promotion and just kind of the idea and business of of going there um in general well, I think, you know, the gimmick heavy nature of it always helps the event. Mm-hmm. If this is, you know, parliament rules instead of crown jewel, right? Because different types of <laughs> governments, at, at, you know, the, the different countries there for like foreign that. pay-per-views. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't know. Because this is like, from a booking standpoint, this is like the ultimate B-show, super show, right? It's kind of how this is booked to me, right? Roman. Seth, Cody, now Rock, right? None of them are wrestling. Right. We will see, you know, Cody and Seth on the doing a promo segment. Um, <clears throat> that'll probably be the most noteworthy part of the yeah. entire show. And, uh, you know, so that's there. But, you know, I'll be getting up to watch it. But, you know, I, as I always do on these preview shows, I peruse the betting odds. And, man, this is worse than an AEW show. Where, you <laughs> know, sometimes a lot of those are locked into place. These are like... You can't even bet on these things because it is just. Yeah. Uh, we all know who's going to win every single one of them, basically. So, from that perspective, and the lack of top titles on the line, right? You got you know Rhea's title and the tag title. I mean, this is like a super B show. This is like a super house show, whatever. But the gimmicks are there to help, and it's that. So I think they did the best they could with like the very low bar of people available and, and things on the line. 
but from a substance standpoint, I don't think it's great. But the branding, the gimmick, where it is, I think the time change almost helps that a little bit because it mm-hmm. feels special. So like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get up and watch it if it's kind of cool to do that yep. Yep. Uh, once a year. So all the improbable stuff is cool, but like the, the matches itself, they're, you know, it's always hard to book a show in between Rumble and Mania, and that's where we are. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. I, I agree. I mean, I, I very much agree. Like, they're lucky, and obviously it's by design, that this card has the Elimination Chamber matches on it because other than that, there just isn't – I mean, there's some been some, like, decent stuff, like, and I'll you – know, we'll talk about that later. But, like, it in terms of, like, notable, like, major matches, they really didn't, you know, load this thing up in it by any means. Like, so, you know – um, for future Australia shows, like, I don't know, like, what, you know, what that's going to mean for those, like, if they're ever going to treat these as, you know, uh, I made the argument back when, when Rock first kind of dropped that line about uh, head of the table that they might care about this show in Australia so much that you that you do like rock and Roman at that show to like really just get a huge number out of it. But clearly, they're not looking at this like that. You know, I think clearly, like, they're treating it as, like you said, like a glorified, um, you know, a glorified B show, you know, but probably more so C show. And a lot of that I think has to do with the time change. Like I really do. Like I just I I don't think that they are are confident that people will wake up at 4 a.m. to to watch this thing live when um, you can watch it on Peacock just you know whenever you want after that so i think that's that's part of the deal so like yeah like i don't know if you're if you're like the team that brought this show to australia and this is the card that you get i think like you get elimination chamber and i think that's what certainly what wwe will sell up um when when all things are said and done and they want more money to go there next time um but yeah i mean none of the top stars are wrestling like in major matches like Rhea is probably, you know, the big, uh, clearly, definitely the biggest star in a singles match. Um, but even when you break down the elimination chamber, you know, it's Drew in one and Becky in the other, and then, you know, some upper mid carters like around them. And I, uh, part of it, as you said, is by design because it's, it's, you know, you're in the lead up to WrestleMania. You don't want to give away anything huge. You don't want anybody to get hurt. You just, you know, you don't want that. <laughs> so I, I think you kind of, they did what they had to do here, but it's, it is like a weak card when you look at it on paper for that, for that reason. Yeah. And, but you know, it depends on your perspective, right? Like if you're the team and visit Australia or whoever paid for this, right? Like you're selling out. I, I just checked WrestleTakes there at like 47 plus change for a 49 and change setup. So not too bad with this card we can get 50,000 people into a right rugby stadium i'm assuming i believe so yep um or a aussie footy they probably share stadiums cuz like it's, australian footy is it's like big player. i'll tell you that like yeah. they've shown some pictures of it and holy moly yeah. it looks huge this could be cricket too i don't know if cricket's as big there oh, yeah you need a huge surface to play cricket so those stadiums are huge as a result as well but anyway you know i think it's if you can do that in just sell out a stadium period with any sort of act, right? Same thing as getting whatever, right? Taylor Swift to that stadium. I mean, you yes. probably sell more tickets, but it's a win for that person. It's a win for WWE. It's a win for the fans that get to see it. 
So, you know, we are nitpicking here, obviously, and you know that as well. But I think it's like the best you can do with the, like you laid out, the best you can do with where you are on the calendar. You get your upper mid card people a shine. And, you know, I don't know if we'll talk about match order, but I, you know, it's going to, if you don't think Rhea is a big star, it's going to help when 50,000 people are cheering for her and you get a mommy chant from 50,000 people is a pretty potent thing to make you a star. So that's going to be, that's going to be great. I'm looking forward to seeing how she, how she does there. So we'll, we'll start there in a minute, but let's uh, set the table. This is the brass ring media podcast, our flagship show, the second of two uh, flagship shows throughout the week. Uh, We have live shows right here on this uh, YouTube channel all week long, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and today, two shows today, um, all talking about wrestling in our brass ring media style, a longer form style to analyze the business and, uh, you know, give you guys, you know, the discussion that you crave uh, in regards to professional wrestling. So if you're here and you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button. And that way, you know, uh, when we are live and when all of our new videos drop, um, it's a just a click of a button right there on your screens. Hit subscribe. If you want to know when we're live, hit that notification button too. And uh, you'll uh, get pinged when we uh, when we go live again, Monday through Thursday, um, every single day of the week, we are live here on this channel. Also, you can check out our written work on Substack with the uh, daily updates. Uh, just search Brass Ring Media Substack in Google and that'll take you there. You can also go to our Twitter page, uh, Brass Ring underscore media, uh, for a link to our Substack page if you want to join that for free. And when you need more, when you need more Brass Ring Media content, you can become a member and you can uh, sign up on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media, and you get full access to everything we offer, including a wonderful Discord community with all of our members talking wrestling, talking sports, talking music, talking just life in general. It's been really fun. You have access to that. You get one free members show per week, which Tyler and I are going to record right after this. Um, you also get all of our pay-per-view and PLE review shows. One will drop this weekend after Elimination Chamber, reviewing the show, running it down, um, talking about the fallout and uh, and everything in between regarding that. So uh, it's $4. That's it. Just 4 bucks, um, And you can sign up now, patreon.com backslash brass ring media uh for those of you who are watching live thank you we got the chat filling up sean's in there tim is in there uh matt tracy um it's been fun watching you guys banter already so uh thank you for being here live um if you want to ask us a question or make a comment live here on the show you can drop us a super chat and the super chats are an amazing way to help contribute to brass ring media help us keep doing this uh, multiple times a week um and any contribution helps big little in between doesn't matter we appreciate it we appreciate you um and we'll make sure to read everything uh by the time we get off uh get off the air here cool let's uh speaking of super chats let's start with one from zach because it's kind of about high level elimination chamber stuff and zach says hey i'd be mad if i was going to this show in perth imagine if aew treated all in like this um tyler if you're holding a ticket to this show in perth are you disappointed yeah and I, i've said that on you know monday mania especially that like you know this is on the west coast of australia and uh, if i have my geography correct i think a majority of people that live in australia live in the east side 
of the continent. And so, you know, if you don't live in the area and you're, you're doing a cross-continental flight to go see a match and, you know, you don't even get to see Roman cheat his way to victory. Um, <laughs> you don't get to see Cody Rhodes wrestle. You, you know, you get to see Rio, which is great. But, um, yeah, it just, it feels like one of those things, again, where all these tickets are sold. And a lot of wrestling companies do this. Like, I just, like, am against buying expensive wrestling tickets before you even know what's going to be on the card, right? WrestleMania, you kind of have to do that to get the tickets, Royal Rumble, et cetera. So that's just more my mindset in general. And I would be not the happiest ever. That's as an American where I can go to see AEW or WWE basically any week I wanted to, if I really wanted to, um, and not have to, you know, do an international flight, et cetera. So that's my sort of privilege as being where I'm physically located coming through. If I've never seen a WWE show and I love it, then I'm less upset about it. So I think they get kind of a pass on this one from the local fan base, if I had to guess. But this is a regular occurrence, and this show happens every year. I think they do need to beef it up next time. Yeah, agreed. Context is really important here because, like you said, if you're a big WWE fan in Australia, like they don't go there often. And even when they do, it's not for a major event um, like this. It's not for a PLE. It's not Elimination Chamber. So I think if you're – I, I think that if you're a fan there, like you're, you're cool. I think you're okay with this. And you're probably really, really excited. I do think it's a weak card though, you know? And so I think both of those things can be true, especially from my, you know, ivory tower here in Chicago, <laughs> in the United States where, you know, you can get to lots of, lots of wrestling shows. So, you know, but I think context does matter. However, Zach, I will push back. The, your argument about AEW treating all in like this is doesn't hold a lot of water. There's some holes in it, my friend. And uh, the big one being like, this isn't WrestleMania. Like if this was eight WWE's biggest show of the year and they booked this card, then yes, that would be the same thing, but it's not. And so that makes it um, a little different in, in my, in my eyes anyway. Um, like most wrestling pay-per-views though, I think that this show, you know, if you are going to get up to watch it and you could just stipulate to yourself like, okay, this is a B level pay-per-view at best. Um, I think in ring there's, there can be some, there's probably going to be some really good matches. I think and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but I don't think you're going to be um, starving for, you know, good wrestling matches after this. I think, I think it'll be, be just fine from, from that perspective. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate the uh, the super chat and the note, and I'm sure you're going to push back, and I'm counting on it. All right. Uh, we'll also go to Tracy here, who says, no WWE opinion from me, but send in some support. I'm enjoying AEW, though. Thank you, Tracy. That means a lot, and we appreciate mm-hmm. it. We are going to talk a little bit about AEW um, today here on the show, um, but we will be talking a lot about it on our members' show. So if you want to hear some AEW chat, head over to Patreon and Check us out, and I think you'll be happy that you did. But, Tracy, thank you. We appreciate that. All right, let's get into previewing this uh, this show top to bottom. And we'll start with kind of the match that you mentioned, Tyler. Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax for the WWE Women's World Championship. Um, this is, uh, you know, Rhea essentially is making her kind of hometown return. Uh, our first pay-per-view match in Australia. Um, this is going to be a moment for her without question. I mean, 
50,000 people. She's been all over um, Australia media, you know, making the rounds uh, as a key kind of a key figure in like WWE promoting this um, down there. She's right alongside Triple H. So, you know, she's she's getting like the big, big star treatment as as she should. Um, and I think, you know, the match itself is going to be very very fun because of that. I think the crowd reaction is going to be off the charts. Um, I think she's ready for a moment like this. You know, I think she's just kind of, this is like step one of her really breaking out as, as a baby face. And if you kind of want to see like what an environment will look like with her as a baby face, as champion in this kind of rear Ripley character, you're going to get a chance to do that um, during the show. Nia Jax on the other side, it's a lot of flack. I understand that, but I mean, this is this type of match is why she was brought back. I mean, this is the they I've built her up to use her in situations like this, to use her in situations like the thing with Jade Cargill at the Royal Rumble. So, um, I I mean, I, I kind of think this is where Nia Jax tops out. I think this is going to be probably the biggest match that she like. This level of match will be the biggest that she has, you know, since. When, when in terms of like coming back and wrestling regularly, but she's done a good job here. I really do. I think she's done a nice job and she's teed up Rip, Ripley perfectly. Um, what do you think about this? What do you think about Rhea in Australia? And how do you think this thing's going to go? Well, I have a question for you to start. Hit me. Is, is this the main event? Mm, no, I don't think so. You think it's a, the men's chamber though? Yes, I think it'll be the men's chamber. I mean, it's hard, like, just like the Rumble, it's hard not to open and close with chambers. Yeah. Um, but I might open with this, honestly. Yeah. I mean, well, then, yeah. Then you have a chamber afterwards, the men's chamber, and then you close the women's, maybe. Or you do two women's matches back to back. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that part of it. But I, yeah, I mean, like, if you look at the I like, Rumble. Here's what I like in the booking of this is presumably. Whoever, I mean, whoever wants Chamber is taking on Rhea, obviously. So I like that sort of interaction to get that taste out of your mouth of what this match is probably going to be. To be like, oh, this is a big moment for the uh -huh. live crowd, for the show. If it ends the show, it shows the importance of that match, too. Um, you know, if it's, let's say, Becky uh, and, and right. Rhea face-to-face, -face, the crowd's going crazy. I just think that's a good way to end the show on a positive note. Um, but, you know, I understand why. I just think there's an outside chance it's the main event. She's the biggest star to that audience. And it's just like a big reason to like push her forward if you're WWE. You don't really need to do that with Logan Paul and Drew and, and you know, and KO and all that stuff. I don't think. But, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But all that being said, yeah, I think, you know, I'm as down as Nia on the, as the next guy. And her re-debut has been, is it the best person that's come back after those wave of firings? I think so. I mean, Better than Braun, better than the way Bronson Reed's been used. Uh, yeah, better than who else? Karen Cross. Who else Karen Cross, but for sure. By a wide, uh, wide yeah. margin. So, like, you know, do I like saying that? No, but she's served her purpose. And, um, you know, it's fine. And this is what you, she's used for, right? They're, they're, you need characters like this to be stepping stones for your baby faces and your heels. Yep. And that's what she is. Is the match going to be good? No, but will it be compelling? Will there be something for Rhea to overcome because she's overpowered for once? Yes, that's an interesting story. Hopefully they lean into that. Um, 
and you know Nia works a shoulder or a knee and Rhea can't work it and has to figure it out on the fly and gets a big win and her in that role too is compelling to me because she's been so much the dominant heel persona and this is obviously different and her as a baby face how does that operate um and can she operate that correctly will she then operate that way at mania all that sort of stuff is is what i'm looking for um but yeah i think it should be a fine match based on that but you know it's yeah. going to be held up by that crowd for sure yeah but for sure and i think that and i think they totally should lean into it i mean like the big story with nia Jax that they've been telling even with Rhea is hey like Rhea or nia is the dominant you know the dominant force that nobody can get behind becky can't do it um and now Rhea's gonna you know Rhea's gonna try to do it so i like they've got that already teed up in my eyes like that's exactly the road that they're gonna that they're going to go down and then Ripley's going to overcome. She's going to have the crowd on her side. She'll, you know, hit that riptide on her and big pop. And then, you know, you go home and finish the match. Like I, like this writes itself, anything more complicated than that, I think just makes it messy and just, you know, adds in opportunity for things to go wrong with Nia Jax. But if they like work that formula and they stick to that story and keep it, simple and have Nia do her thing as just like a heel who's walking around the ring, like just destroying Ripley and, and beating her up as the crowd boos and she can, you know, use facial expressions and smile out at them. Like that's all this needs to be. This doesn't need to be anything more than that. And I think if it, if it stays that course, um, yeah, it won't be, you know, this won't be like Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, but it can be an effective match that pulls the exact reaction that you that you want, you know, out of, mm-hmm. out of that crowd. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Rhea does here. Not so much from the match, but just again, to see her like, like fully in this baby face role because, and I'll just go into my next question here in, in regards to this match on TV, like Rhea, like is, is on the side of the, the group that's bullying and beating up old, our truth like she's still you know technically a heel as far as that goes and she's not going to play that role here and it seems like even in the united states there's a groundswell of momentum of people that just are ready to you know cheer cheer rhea ripley she hasn't even been in as many judgment day segments as she normally is you know the last the last few weeks they faded her out of that um in favor of presenting her alone as a way to you know, like build up herself against Nia as a babyface. Um, so what do you think happens after this? Like, assuming she wins here, she retains the title, big, big reaction, Becky Lynch is on tap. Like, you know, how do how do you how do you how do you manage your whole audience seeing this like incredible babyface moment for Rhea? And then, you know, okay, she's back with the judgment day again. Like, I think they need to address that at some point. Mm-hmm. And if you look to, towards that WrestleMania match, I'm trying. I was running through all the matches that you know we know are all but confirmed in our, you know, based on this show and whatever. Yeah. If you did like Rhea and Becky face versus face for like who's the real man or man versus mommy, whatever, however you want to quantify that match, it's, it'd be the only one that is like face versus face, and you decide who you want to cheer for. Everything else is very down the middle, face heel, just throughout the whole the whole card. I think that the, the it, that can work if you do one or two matches that are 
you decide. And, you know, both these guys kind of match from the crowd. Yeah. So I think pivoting in that direction um, works. And her on her own, what does that mean? Is, is that her, you know, stopping Priest from cashing in early to, like, ruin a match at WrestleMania? Is that her stopping Dom from doing something? What have you? Is that her just powerbombing J.D. McDonough through a table a couple of times and the crowd's loving every second of it, like, or helping our truth, you know, in, yeah, in a moment right. like that? Like, that's an instant way to become a baby face and then you pivot away from them. So that'd be... You know, in my mind, that should be the main thing coming out of one of these Raws from now until WrestleMania should be her defining that role. Or, like she kind of has been doing, like you laid out, the Drew pivot is a good way. You can do that with her as a babyface, too. Like, slowly yeah. but surely. And then you get in that moment in the ring, the crowd decides, you know. And then we'll we'll get to that when we get there. But you think a big win over Becky in that moment defines her as the biggest star in the company, in the women's division. Yeah, and then yeah. You go from there. Uh, I do. I do think you have to when you turn her baby face, or even at, maybe even after she's already like had the slow burn turn, mm-hmm. like she's got to have the moment where she just beats up Dom for everybody, right? I mean, like yeah. that—that's a, just a huge pop waiting to happen. Yeah, it's um, like where's what's Ray's timeline? I don't. I don't know. I thought he'd be back by now. Yeah, because uh, even like but, if if like Ray's back the first night. And Dom's in there, mess with him, and Rhea's like, "I'm tired." Oh yeah, right. Him up, you know, whatever. Perfect. That would work too. So, or like, it's an awesome, like maybe even after, like the night, a night after WrestleMania moment where you've already kind of made Rhea. She's got the big win, mm-hmm. momentum, and then you know, she destroys Dom. I mean, that's has to happen at some point. I mean, that, that's part of the Rhea Ripley story at this point. So, um, <laughs> that that'll be, oh, that'll be good. That will be good. All right, let's go to uh, a couple uh, more super chats from Zach here. One, uh, may Rhea rip, may Rhea rip tide Naya to the center of the earth and leave her there. That's mean. That's mean, Zach. Yikes. Um, I think you're going to get your wish, Zach. I think you're going to get your wish. If it's does, me, as I said, I think the whole match builds around this happening, and that's it. Does Naya believe in the center of the earth, or is that just AJ that doesn't? I don't know the rosters, <laughs> flat earthers. I don't think she's a flat earther. Okay. She's just she, just has, she just has other bad takes. Yes, she does. Okay. I don't know yeah. that that's one of them. <laughs> okay, cool. So that was just my joke in there, but uh, that's my conversation. Yeah. And now another one from Zach. And this one I think is going to spark some debate. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not between you and me, but maybe with the, with the, with the live audience in the live chat here. Uh, Zach says, she's not getting cheered against Becky. I can't see that. I think Becky goes over at Mania. Um, I I don't think so. I mean, just flat out. I I I, I think that um, she. I think she does get cheered against Becky. I think that they're, especially with the WrestleMania crowd, and it won't be because they dislike Becky. It'll just be, be because everybody knows that Rhea's on the cusp of like that next big step, um, and it's already there. I mean, it's already it already happens. I mean, like she's not getting it universally booed against Becky, even when they have their face-to-face moments at, 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 at worst, it's just a ton of buzz, you know, and, and humming. So I don't, I, yeah, Zach, I don't, I don't agree. I think we'll, we'll definitely have to see about that. And, um, and I think Becky winning at mania would be a mistake, like a big, a, a big mistake. And one that I don't, I don't see, um, 
ounce WWE making. They got a lot invested in Rhea right now for sure. And, and she's delivering. She's not, it's not like she's out there um, having bad matches all the time and, you know, not getting a reaction that goes along with her, with her push. She's one of the most over stars on the show weekly. Um, and again, that's not a knock on Becky, but it's, it's um, I think it's Rhea's time. And so I, 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 I would not be booking Becky to to beat Ripley here. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the only reason to do it is if you want to, for some reason, turn Becky heel, which I don't think is a good idea, and then you lead to, like, a series yeah. of matches. If you're going to do a three-month feud out of this, I can see that. As, you know, we've talked about most stories should end at WrestleMania, but a, some do start. Mm-hmm. And if it's your first time meeting, you could start one there. But I think that's only for, like, to ease Triple H's booking. For the yeah. last three months in the, the Raw's women division is the only reason to do that as opposed to what is the right thing to do and them to be, you know, somewhat friendly going forward. You know, it's just like, not that the, just because they're married, but Seth's character, I guess, is a little hotter now than Becky's is. But same thing, like if, if there was like, if we're nine months removed and Drew is like, this awesome character and still remains this awesome character. And he was in the spot of Rhea. And, you know, would you want him to beat Seth? Like probably so. Right. It's just like yeah. the the thing that is fresher, newer, and is the, what we can all see is the future of the company. You, you kind of want to cheer for that when it's happening more so than the person who's been there a long time. And, you know, Seth and Becky are both reliable hands in WWE, but, that comes back to bite you. That's why you get the big cheer when you're gone for a long time and come back. Why yeah. MJF will be way more over when he comes back than when he left. So <laughs> for sure. Well, and also like you know, it's like you know, would would Seth have like done the job for Cody? Like what? Like no, like that wouldn't have happened. Like he he jobbed out three straight times for Cody Rhodes, and just and again, it wasn't a knock on Seth. It just was. That's what the situation called for. I think that's that's where we're at. Um, that's where we're at on this. Um, all right, so you're going with Rhea? Yep. Okay, me too. Odds are insane on that. So, uh, Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> that has to be – they have to be, like, the most lopsided for that yeah. one. How like, much money do you have to put down, Zach, to win $100 on – I don't think you can bet this much. That's, like, your hint on these sites. Wow, really? Yeah. So it's more – so what is it, like? Ten thousand to one. It's five thousand to one. Five thousand to one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So five thousand pays you a hundred. Well, five thousand to. So yeah. depend. It's negative five thousand, not five thousand to one. That would negative pay. five thousand. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's negative five thousand. So not a good bet. <laughs> not I mean, or a very yeah. Hundred bucks and you got it sitting around. I think it's a great bet, but it's not. This is not financial advice. We're not fiduciaries. Let's no. 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 But I wouldn't trust the website. awful lot of money to risk just in case. Yeah, I wouldn't trust the the website holding my cash. That's more the the yeah, right. the result of this match. So. <laughs> yes, good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, we're not here to shill for uh, wrestling betting yeah, ones. Not yet. So not yet. Anyway. Then, then I'll shill all day. Uh, Breshrmedia at gmail.com If you want our sponsorship rates, uh, web, websites out there. Yeah, let let us know. I can't wait uh, to legal in the U.S. to do uh, wrestling game. Like, I'm gonna make I, like five dollars every show. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, look, like, yeah. I'll st- I still, though, five thousand is a lot to risk. 
for a hundred dollars. Like, you know, Rhea breaks her leg and they call call it in the ring to do a do a title change. Like, there's just no way I'm risking that for for a hundred dollar <laughs> win. Absolutely yeah. not. No way. All right, let's keep it going here. We got uh, more Judgment Day action. It is the undisputed tag team championships that are on the line. Judgment Day, Damian Priest and Finn Balor against Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, the newest uh, tag team of the month uh, coming on SmackDown. Um, meh, this is going to be a filler match on the show. I think um, it just kind of is what it is. This They've built this up by, you know, having a uh, – uh, I think it was a, a tournament to crown the number one contenders. Um, you had Dunn and Bates kind of align um, in NXT and then take that tag team alignment up to the main roster, won a couple matches, and now here they are. I There's a part of me, man, that wants to pick Dunn and Bates here just because uh, our truth is lurking around and, like, you know, what a way – to get him involved in the show and have him like be impactful by having him cost Damian Priest and Finn Balor those those tag team titles. Um that because of the tournament, there really hasn't been any interaction to this point between Judgment Day and Bait and uh and Dunn. A little bit here and there. And I expect that we'll probably get some on SmackDown. But there just there has just is not much here. So because of that, I think it's more of a storytelling arm for Judgment Day and for our truth. Um, I, I still, I still think they hold on to those tag titles though. So I'm taking Judgment Day to retain. Um, but man, if I had a, if I had a beer or two in me, I, maybe I'd get a little more uh, uh, courageous and, and bet the other way. But I'll take, I'll take Judgment Day. Yeah, I'm taking Judgment Day as well. I'm probably more high on this match. To me, this is going to be the best worked match on the card. Because gimmick matches are fun, but they're not necessarily yeah. well worked matches. That's they're fair. Yeah. Storyline based, right? So, and I, you know, Dunn and Bate and Balor and Priest are all great workers. Yeah, so that's a good point. And you know, they're all three of them are from the UK, so that's that built itself, right? That's like the Tony Khan method of booking is what we're yes. doing here. So, so Triple H taking some notes to build this, and like, hey, you want to see all these people? So there's your story. Um, is how it feels, but that works for me. That usually works for me in AEW as a, as a fan, not as an yeah. analyst, but, um, so I think it'll be fun. And they, uh, uh, judgment day wins, in my opinion, from what you just laid out, right? Our truth is there and they've been really pushing our truth and Miz. And that feels definitely like a big WrestleMania moment, like a fun WrestleMania moment, not quite Sammy and Johnny, uh, Knoxville. But, you know, that's not going to be a very serious match when it happens. And um, that feels good. For, like, a thank you to Miz and R-Truth have that run. You know, that's just like a, a good feel good. Like, here's two guys who have been around forever and you love them moment. With Balor probably being gone some shortly after WrestleMania, if that is to still be believed, which seems more likely than the Drew mm-hmm. situation. So, um, so that all leads there. But... You know, are we talking about the Grayson Waller effect? We will be, yes. That. Okay. Now that's we'll coming that. up next. Yeah. Okay, we'll hold for that. So you can go to that next right. unless you have anything else. No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think you make a fair point on uh for calling me out on the on the match. The match itself, that's a good point. Like there is a lot of good workers in there. And um yeah, Bait and Dunn in particular, even the tag matches they've had on SmackDown have been solid, like solid TV matches. And so if this gets some time, um, and there's only five matches on the card, so if this if this gets some time, 
you know, it could be a, uh, it could be something. Uh, yeah, we're both taking Judgment Day. Are there four? There are one, two, three, four matches, and then the Grayson Waller. Yeah. So yeah, not hard to be the best match on the card. Or no, but with with four, but yeah, no, those those chamber matches are all like an hour, so it makes sense. Yeah, or yeah, forty minutes, forty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I think they potentially. I mean, there's been some that I think have gone an hour. So you mm-hmm. know, yeah, depending on how they want to like work those. Yeah, they could be like rumble esque in terms of their their length. So, all right, let's talk about the Grayson Waller effect. Um, he's going to have uh, Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes on the show. Um, Tyler, I'll throw to you first on this. What do you think is going to happen here, and uh, what is your expectation for uh, how it's going to go? Yeah, well, I need someone out there, the Taylor Swift guy that tracks her private jet. To track Rock's mm. private jet this week <laughs> to know if like there's gonna be a huge angle or just a mild angle on this show. And I do think they announced the tag match with Cody and Seth versus Roman and Rock. Yeah. Here is my guess. Um, if they're all there better, that, that's gonna be the big thing that comes out of this show. Um, but yeah, something like that. Um, also how the tag, you know, in the very rare instance that Judgment Day do lose the tag titles. I think you cannot underestimate uh, Demi Priest doing something to cash in here if if Seth is present, um, and that would clear up at least that part of the tag match happening, where you know maybe Seth and Rock that's the only night they work, and then Cody and Roman work two nights. But mm-hmm. you know, it just depends. I, I think it's a pretty straightforward segment getting them to announce a tag match is, is where I am, and not that that's bad. I think it'll be a very exciting way they get there and will be the most get the most most YouTube clips after the show's over and the most yep. most rewatched part. But I think it just continues that story as it should. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what's gonna happen here. Um you finally get the tag match. Um you finally get, you know, Cody admitting to Seth that like, yeah, he needs some help here, especially after everything that happened on Raw. Um, and this is a good way to to get there with a big pay-per-view moment i you know it's going to be really good for cody to kind of be in front of that audience and and um you know i'm sure get a really big pop and i think all that is going to fit well here grayson waller is uh, you know a um you know a, a perfect kind of Miz level heel here for this all to happen with you know so even if he gets uh, tries to attack one of the two of them, they can just dust him easily. Even if like Austin Theory runs out and tries to, you know, help Grayson Waller and attack these guys from behind. Like, I think you can get, I think you can get a little, uh, a little, phys- some physicality there with like Grayson and, uh, and somebody like Theory, you know, coming out and, and, and that way the, the crowd can see Cody and Seth do something that's not just a, that's not just a talking segment. So I think that's, uh, potentially um, in the cards too, but yeah, I think this is how this is how they get there. Either I mean, they may just like make a challenge, you know, to to Rock and and, and Reigns. Um, and I wonder, I'm trying to think, man, of like, how do you make that match matter? We talked about this last week in terms of like kind of fantasy booking all of the WrestleMania possibilities for the combination of Rock, Cody, Reigns, <clears throat> and Seth. And this match, like, if you're just trying to 
like get everybody on the show in a big way, this match makes sense. But how do you make it matter within and make sense within like the story? And so I, I was trying to think of like, is there any type of stipulation they could put on this that would impact like the night prior or the night after? So like if if um you know if, if Cody and Seth beat the Roman and the Rock, like you know, is is uh you know, uh, the bloodline barred from ringside, you know, the following night during Roman and, and Cody, uh, you know, is it the opposite? Like where, okay, they don't, they don't beat them, you know, and now the bloodline is going to be at ringside and they have, and they have to like, you know, figure that out. I, I just wonder if they can attach a stipulation to this tag that, that makes the match really something that is going to be dramatic, you know, to close out night one. Of WrestleMania, one way or the other. Would you do that if you were the Booker? Would you add a step? <laughs> I would. Well, here's the thing: I'd want to. I would want to, but I don't think that there's a good one to add. That's why I was asking. Like, I because I think the one, like, like what makes the most sense to me is, you know, you you do the tag match, and if Cody and Seth win, the Bloodlines barred from ringside, but. The problem with that is if you do that, then you're beating The Rock or Roman just the night before. Like the night before the big pin is going to happen, and you definitely don't want to do that. So it's not that's not a good idea. Um, but I do think you need to juice it up a little bit with something uh, to make it really matter, to make to make Cody feel like he really has to wrestle this match. Um, mm-hmm. I think is the is the big key, and I I'm still not I'm still not there with what with what they can do. Yeah, I'd just be so worried you give it away with the stipulation either way. And, yeah, um, like, if the tag match does happen, like, I know Roman's take, done a job in a tag match already. We know Rock's not doing the job, right? No, uh, right. Safe to no. Say. I mean, he might. He's, he's done heel, and maybe that wasn't the plan, so maybe I'm wrong there. But to me, it's so much more compelling is they lose – and you think, okay, well, now Cody's not going to finish the story. They didn't even cheat, and they beat him, or something like that, right? And that adds the drama on its own without a stipulation because they're not going to show their hand in that moment in that match, or maybe they do, and now Cody gets, like, he in a loss, he gets some intel on how to prevent that, whatever, right? There's a million stories that way. They don't necessarily need a stipulation and do it old school, right? Old school, you probably wouldn't have a stipulation based on this, right? You would just have the match, and that leads into the next match. I think that's what yeah, but like, why would Cody Rockland. even take this match though? Like, why? I mean, he's a babyface. Babyfaces are heroes in general. Are kind of stupid. They fight for honor, right? And <laughs> but like, he gets Roman the next night. Yeah, but time. it's like a way to the Rock slapped him, right? And so oh, that's true. The okay, rock. there it is. And, and, and the Rock is. and Roman are defending their bloodline together, right? Because Cody, in their mind, disrespected their ancestors, even though he claims he didn't, right? Which I would, as a neutral fan would agree with the baby face that the heels are taking this a little bit too personal. Right. So that's all there. And they all have incentive and Seth is there to prove he's the best with Cody because they fight every night. So it's all there. And um, yeah, it's just what you do with it as a result. Right. Cause if they do win, then you think it's going to flip the other night. If they do lose, you think it's going to win. So there's a lot of like reverse psychology, regular psychology going on here as a wrestling fan of like, no matter what they do, nothing really matters because the choice is already made. So there's like a lot of over analysis and analysis paralysis by analysis that we're going to do about this. 
Yeah. Well, I think that just makes the most sense to let the match be as it as it is. So you make a good argument. And they make they have made a big deal about like the slapping of Cody, which is a good thing that they did. And Cody's called it out a few times that he's gonna get revenge on the rock. So that that works. I think that that was the answer that I'm looking for. Well, there you go. Tyler. I'm glad, there we go. Glad we had the Look sh- at this. Glad we had the show then. God dang. <laughs> I, can, I can finally sleep at night. You know? <laughs> Why is Cody so mad about the rock? What is he? How is he going to get into this tag? <laughs> they were hugging the week before. What's going yeah, on? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Good. Good stuff. All right. Let's get to some super chats because uh, they're coming in and, and we appreciate it. Matt joined the show and uh, was nice enough to say BRM, best in the biz. Thank you, Matt. Uh, appreciate appreciate that. We certainly think so. So tell some friends, guys, and find us on Patreon and uh, subscribe to our free stuff, our free content, free stuff. Um, you can uh, check us out in lots of different places. So thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. appreciate you. Um, let's. Uh, <laughs> Zach says here. The real question is who jobs to Dwayne, Cody or Seth? I mean, uh, Zach. I think we know this. Right, I mean, Seth well, for sure is going to do. Depends that. what story you want to tell, right? Well, like, that's true too. We talked about on Tuesday. Like, I think Rock is way more locked in to do more stuff than just WrestleMania, as yes. he is a on the member of the board. He's fiduciary, fiduciarily responsible for WWE slash TKO to make as much money as possible. He wants his stock to double, triple, quadruple, probably. So, <laughs> if he beats Cody, and Cody then beats Roman, that's a made match right there. Of like. Yeah. Rock versus Cody for the title yeah. at SummerSlam, like stadium. You know, we're oh, going yeah. to Soldier Field, we're going to SoFi, we're going to whatever, and it's sold out. That's easy. So there's lots of, or the same thing with Seth and Rock. That's a big match. Um, all that stuff. So, yeah, good. No, good, no, that is. Yeah, it depends. It totally depends. Like if Rock going to do more, and they want to do Cody and and the Rock, like mm-hmm. yeah, that's. I think you will see that. But I think also. In case they don't want to go that way, I mean, Seth can take a pin. You know, we know that he takes them all the time. Uh, so I think he's he's fine for that. Matt also jumping in on this and says, in this case, Seth also gets the rub has a number two babyface. Yeah, I mean, Seth, he's in the mix. I mean, he's in the mix here. He's not the focus. Um, and I think this is a way of kind of like getting him some main event shine that he was supposed to get uh, with the punk feud um, and the punk match that he's obviously not getting now. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he's right there. He's in the commercial. It's the, it's the four of them. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. Matt also uh, generously uh, made a contribution here at Super Chat. Thank you, Matt. On the stipulation, bloodline bar from ringside, bloodline wins. Seth takes the pin. Seth then loses the title in the opening match the next night. Puts Seth on a path of crushed babyface rebuild on Raw. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think, you know, we'll talk about the the Elimination Chamber winner is going to take on Seth, presumably. Um, and not Gunther, but we'll see. I guess that's always a possibility, right? So, but um, <laughs> if they want to pivot it, you know, if they want to retcon it, like they've retconned some other stuff here. But um, yeah, I like that. If he put Seth on that babyface chase, and if we can assume Cody's the champion, maybe on SmackDown, then that gives you a big match to build to, and uh, you know, puts Cody on that reset or Seth on that reset, and gets him even more over as a babyface. So, yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, I like this too, Matt. And I like your – we'll read your follow-up note here in a minute. Uh, but, but yeah, I think, like, look, Seth's going to be on this kind of stage. And he's got a big stage during Elim- Elimination Chamber. He was on the stage with Rock at the, the big press conference thing. You want to have him come out of this somewhere, somehow. And if, like, if he's chasing down that World Heavyweight title again, I think that's – I think that's a good good spot for him. Um, good spot for him on on Raw, especially with Cody holding the, the other title. Presumably, will be on SmackDown. So, um, it's a good kind of just long term arc that they can that they can run, you know, on Raw post post WrestleMania. Matt continues on with the booking here and goes. Cody goes on to beat Roman and lead SmackDown, Rock and Roman have a beef on night two, leading towards WrestleMania forty one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to book Mania to Mania, right? We've done it here with Cody. The Paul Levesque has, I guess. We haven't done anything to book it. But a lot of things changed. So that'd be my only a, reservation yeah. on yeah, this. exactly. Yep. And I think doing it, you know, in Rock's availability, even if he wants it to be, if he's like, hey, I can be here in August, I think you do it then just to know that you have him available because you never know, you know, let's say Marvel wants to give a big middle finger to Warner Brothers in D.C., and book rock as you know the new Kang the Conqueror because they need a new Kang. Like right. then he's booked forever making movies for Marvel. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know then you don't know what's going to happen, right? And like you can't yeah. say no to that really. As a, no, he would not say no to that. No, so no. Uh, you know anything can happen, but if it, if it's all perfect from like availability standpoint, I, I do think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And I think WrestleMania 41 makes sense. You know, Tyler, you mentioned this, so I'll steal your thunder here a little bit. But I think, um, you know, doing that match like on a very early episode of, of Netflix Raw makes a lot of sense to like make a lot of noise. Um, so there's a lot of possibilities there. I mean, I hope this isn't the case, but, you know, Saudi Arabia is a couple times a year. I mean, that. He's always has to be at least in the conversation. It's not a good idea, obviously, but you know, they want those shows to be really big. But either way, I think, um, yeah, look, like they still need to do Roman versus Rock here I mean, at some point. I mean, I think okay. if you have the Rock back, you got to do that match somehow when you can do it. And hopefully, this is not a, in at a Saudi Arabia show. So, agreed. Um, and then Matt also says Cody overcomes the bloodline on his own. Yeah, I don't. This one I don't know about Matt. I they're they're really leaning into the idea that like Cody needs that shield, you know, as Seth said. So um, I have said long said here that I think Cody's going to get some help. I think that help's going to come in the form of Seth. I thought I think there's also a good chance that that comes in the form of of Rock too, um, with a, a bit of a swerve, which I don't love, but I think that's a possibility also. Um, so, Tyler, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I always look at wrestling the way I look at myths and and superheroes and anime stuff like that. And you know, your your good guy, your protagonist, usually outsmarts and overcomes a more powerful foe, and that's a more honorable trait, right? As opposed to you know, if you look at the spectrum of superheroes. You have Superman to Batman, right? Superman has every power under the sun, literally, powered by the sun. And Batman is just a 
rich guy who has a bunch of tools and is smart and knows karate or some <laughs> martial art. I don't know what it is, but like there's like people who like both, but that's like the, the far end of like where you get there and people more so anime, I think is a better correlation to wrestling in the way you can tell stories that your hero is always slightly underpowered compared to the person they're taking on, but they do one thing or save somebody in the past that comes back and helps them that evens the odds. And it's not cheating because they did like the honorable thing to help another person. And those two people combined to take out the evil. Right. That works better than in my opinion, Cody being Superman and, and, you know, putting solo through a table and then spearing Jimmy through the Brock Lesnar barrier part of the ring and then hitting two crossroads on uh, Roman. It's cool, but it's just not like memorable that that happened. It's just like, oh, okay, now we got Super Cody activated. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, the good guys, the thing in, again, I've brought this up a million times, but it works because it works. The Avengers endgame, where they all assemble and take on the bad guys all at once is an awesome moment for a reason, right? If right. you can get even like a little bit of that into here, I think it's an awesome moment of like, we're tired of these guys cheating all the time. It's three years of being annoyed in the memes of, you know, Roman's music hitting after every WrestleMania to like come through and like not have it happen. It's going to be such a glorious moment in, in a bunch of uh, catharsis for the fan base that whatever happens, it's going to go over well. And anyone attached to that is going to be over big time as a result. Agree. Agree. Um, well said. I like the, the end game comparison. I think it's a good one. Um, and it is a moment and it works for a reason. And, and then if you do it right, it will always work. And I think that's um, important to recognize too. Um, Zach, I'm going to read your super chat here. I know you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I didn't realize that you wanted the entire city of Philadelphia to burn to the ground. Um, Zach says, Rock interferes, costs Cody the match, sets up SummerSlam, and Cody finishes the story next year maybe. Man, whew. I, I don't know that Philly would still be standing after this. The link might not be that's for sure um i can't you can't say that this isn't a possibility after what they did last year mm-hmm. i think that's like now that they've gotten to this second cody reigns match successfully um you can look back and go all right uh, they did it that was the right that was the right call at wrestlemania 39 they got a whole year out of it um but so and they also planted the seed that like no they'll do this they'll do it they will not they will book the the evil, you know, Darth Vader to go to go over and win. So you have to at least consider it. I don't think it's a good possibility, um, mainly just because I don't know that they can do it again for a second year. And so I think the odds are slim, but it's got to be in your mind. I mean, I will say that. Yeah, you have to be mentally prepared. I agree. You have to be mentally could prepared. Yeah. Yes. If it does happen, I do think they speed up the timeline on Cody finishing the story. Um. And like it happening at WrestleMania, is that the end all be all? You know, I don't know. You know, I think it probably is, but if he takes out The Rock and Roman, not in one night, maybe, but you know, not that Chris Jericho mindset of beating The Rock mm-hmm. and Steve Austin in the same night, but you're cheating, which is always left out of that part. But um, that's fine uh, from a kayfabe standpoint. But yes. um, both guys were protected. Yes, big time, so. big time. They had, a, they had bigger fish to fry. Yes, time. yes. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But you know, could you get there? My biggest hangup with that is I think they can keep Cody strong 
And that feels, again, like you just laid out, that feels like the first episode of the Netflix show, Cody finishes the story. And then is that like, does that like attack our nostalgia and love of wrestling as being like fun stories and like the creep of capitalism just like punches <laughs> us in the face there? Probably so. Probably, yeah. But I think that's a way. Because like I don't want the, the worst case scenario of all of this happening, if I'm a booker, is I really don't want Cody winning the Rumble three years in a row. That's like unprecedented. And I don't think good a good precedent to set. I also don't want it to be like he loses that and then, okay, well, now he's got to win the Elimination Chamber. So that whole event is a foregone conclusion, more so even than this year's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that would be my hang-up on it, more so than being able to keep him hot as a character. Yeah. So I think you do finish it here is the best method, but I'm not going to act like I'm not going to be on these airwaves uh, or digital <laughs> airwaves, whatever we call these. Super excited for Contrarian Tyler to come out and be like, oh, this is ballsy. I love it. So I will be doing that, but that would be my issue looking forward. Is all those things. Yeah. I will be, um, wow. Yeah. That would be something. That would be something. Uh, thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. All right. Let's uh, continue on. I know there's some other super chats in there. We'll get to those uh, here in a minute. Um, the police are outside or something. Um, okay, we got the Women's Elimination Chamber match. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan versus Tiffany Stratton versus Naomi versus Raquel Rodriguez. Tyler, what do you think here? What do you think like of the build? What do you think of uh, – and keep in mind, obviously, we have one SmackDown left to go. Um, what do you think of uh, of this match? Well, first of all, I like all the participants. I think they're all in pretty good spots. Probably Raquel being – in kind of the most blah spot from, from a booking perspective, but you know, Liv just came back. Tiffany's like kind of getting the rocket, mm-hmm. like from oh, a yeah. mid card standpoint, like to be like called up big time. Like, you know, I think six months from now really got to look at, cause like she can work. Um, yeah. And so I think, and obviously everything that WWE ever wants in a female talent, opposed from that but like she's like like literally built in the lab wwe superstar uh in the women's division so look for that i think her having a good showing is there but you know everyone has a slight potential to win here minus i think those two actually that raquel and tiffany have no real reason to win here um you know bianca's the dark horse here Liv is the plucky underdog that will probably not win but it could be in the final three Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, I think it's a well-laid-out match. I think it's, you know, Becky by a mile. And then if I wanted to do, like, a 1% likelihood, I'd go with Bianca. But it seems like Becky's to lose. But I think it should be pretty fun and pretty well-worked. And who, who am I missing in that? Oh, Naomi, too. Like, Naomi's back. So it's one thing of, like, you know, you don't have, like, your your dominant heel, your Brock Lesnar of the match, basically. Like, Nia would be in this match and be, like, demolishing people. I think it's better for that. That is like a lot of competitors just going for it and not like doing underhanded tactics all the way across for, you know, not like a 50, 50 heel baby face situation. So, you know, it should be a well-worked match where it's pretty fair. You get some big spots. You know, I'd see a moonsault off the chamber lid by Tiffany. So should be some good stuff with, with Becky. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I, I look at it the exact same way. I think this is a good match because they've done enough, to convince you that there could be a bunch of different winners here. Like 
you know, Liv Morgan has been talking about her, you know, road back and like redemption, wanting that against Rhea Ripley. So she needs to win this match. I mean, she's put it out there as a baby face. Um, I don't think she's going to win, but I think it's out there, which makes, you know, that's, that's at least you're jumping through the hoop there of making her seem like a viable threat. Bianca is always going to be that because she's a big star. She's on SmackDown. She, you know, is just always going to be in the conversation. Becky, of course, is there too. Um, so I agree with you on all on all fronts there. And then even, even somebody like Tiffany, it's like, yeah, she's probably not going to win, but she's been presented as like a, a, a strong talent and she's been winning matches. So, you know, she's in the conversation too. Naomi and, and Raquel Rodriguez less so. But I think this match um, has more of that than the men's one does. Like if CM Punk were sitting in the men's match right now, I think you'd be going, okay, this is this is some good stuff because Drew and Punk together, like both of them could win this. Um, that's not there right now with that with that match. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But here with the women, like I like how they didn't shy away from putting the true top star, like top women stars in this match. You know, like Rhea and Nia are doing their thing. Um, but it's not like Bianca's on the sidelines because they don't want Bianca to do a job here. Like, no, she's in it. She's one of the top stars. She's in this. Same thing with Liv. Um, so, yeah, I like what they've done here. I think you're going to get probably some really, like, athletic spots. I mean, between, between Bianca and Tiffany, Becky's in there. Um, even Liv, like, she's not as athletic as those other women, but she always seems to do some kind of crazy bump or something like that. So, like, I, I'm looking for that from her. Um, so I think this could be um, probably one of our uh, in, in, in conversation for match of the um, match of the night when it's all when it's all said and done. But yeah, I'm taking Becky here for sure. Okay, we'll finish up talking about the men's elimination chamber. We have Drew McIntyre against Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, Kevin Owens, and Logan Paul with the winner. Um, face, facing Seth Rollins at WrestleMania for the uh, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I think this is like just the Drew show, honestly. Like there's a part of me, you know, depending on how far you're going to go with Drew, like this is like there's a moment here perhaps where you just like if you're Triple H and you're trying to think how do you book this match, like – it may be a good idea to just have Drew just like waste everybody in it, like and, and beat everybody just to, to reinforce just how dominant um, he is. Uh, and, and, you know, he's clearly the most important star in this. He clearly is, has the most momentum. Um, you know, when you look at everybody else, you know, Bobby Lashley, he's got his little thing with carrying cross. Like that's, that's nothing. LA Knight, just, you know, a, a Upper mid card babyface Kevin Owens, same thing. Logan Paul, U.S. champion. Orton is Orton, and he's gonna Orton. So, like, like there's just not many other people that I think are are viable here. Um, and so, you know, this to me is the Drew show, and like he needs to have a really strong dominant showing. I think he will. I think Logan Paul is gonna do something crazy off of the the you know the chamber. I think that's your your big spot and. You know, Randy last to come out first to be eliminated, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, that's like where I wish you could bet on wrestling. Of yeah. like who comes out, like who are the first two out? You know, I guess it would be uh, Kevin Owens and Drew probably would be probably. my bet yeah. on that. Yeah. And then 
Randy Orton last. Like, if I could parlay those two into one, that's when you're co- cooking with with cash yep. on betting. So that's what they being should. They freaks should like allow us, yeah. yeah, freaks like us can can get an advantage finally, and not so, big pop and pumps freaks, but no, just regular. No, freaks. we don't want it. We don't want anything to do with those. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I'm taking Drew here. I'm taking Drew, and I I, I think this is going to be a weaker match because it's so definitive. Um, yeah, but nonetheless. He's going to get the win, and he should. Yeah, I I wonder too. Like with the the scrubbing, the whitewashing of Brock Lesnar, essentially going forward, you would presume. Um, like does Drew kind of absorb some of that booking mentality? Because like mm-hmm. you could, like if you would be pissed off if if uh, Brock would start and just like pin the guy he's against, and then wait for the next guy to come out, pin them, and like went through the whole chamber like that, right? Yeah. is, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen exactly. But, like, can Drew get, like, 40% of that booking style? He did beat him at WrestleMania um, the last yep. time Brock was a champion. Was yeah. then. So, so. Um, you know, that that is intriguing to me. And, and Drew starting and dominating, like, going, you know, end-to-end and dominating uh, proves that. I mean, he beat Cody while Cody was protected in that moment. Like that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Uh, has, no, it's has, not. Has Cody been pinned? Uh, By Roman. That's yeah, it. Roman obviously through cheating, and then Drew. Like so, you're in rarefied air from a WWE booking perspective with Drew and taking advantage of that and having to be dominant against all these people that he should be dominant against the way that he's been booked, and then to have that to have Seth feel like the underdog is the champion, which is what you want most of the time as a babyface champion. Uh, it works well. So, yeah, I like that booking and I go through as well. Who do you think has the least odds of the male participants from a betting standpoint? I would say... Uh, Best value, we'll call it. Bobby Lashley, I'd say. Wow. You're good. Him and KO, same. All right. Plus 2,000. So. Plus 2,000? Yeah. That is a value bet, I guess. <laughs> um. And I'm assuming Drew is number one, right? I mean, Correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone that's a winner is minus two thousand besides Rhea to win. So everybody, everybody's a huge favorite. Becky, uh, Judgment Day, Drew, and then Rhea's the super, super favorite. At yeah. Okay. So sorry to ruin the results for everybody, but <laughs> hey, they're not always right. They're not. They're not always. It doesn't always go that way. Um, but. Usually, it but it usually does. <laughs> yeah, but it usually does. All right, Matt, uh, jumping in here with some fantasy booking. Drew wins, and then KO, LA Knight, and Logan have beef, and then they head to a three red WrestleMania. Yeah, I could see this happening for sure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like that's an interesting match to me. I uh, the three ways at WrestleMania, I'm are just I'm just. I don't know. I'm just kind of over them because they feel like they're there just to like, like in this case, like KO needs a WrestleMania match. So you're going to shoehorn him in here. I think the bigger match, if you're just talking like putting on a good match is LA Knight against Logan Paul one-on-one. I mean that that's your match. Yeah. But I could totally see Kevin Owens getting kind of put in here to get him on the show. Yeah. I mean, KO makes that match probably better, but the buildup is way better if it's just Logan Yes, LA Knight. Like that's yep. the best. That's the best. Like two and a half minute video recap. If you haven't been watching SmackDown when you watch yeah. WrestleMania, you'd be like, "This is awesome! I can't wait yep. to watch this." And then you know, 
then then LA Knight slipping on the top rope and everything. But you know, it'll be awesome buildup. It will, yeah, because I mean, both those guys can talk and they can both like just talk trash. I mean, like, yeah, you almost want that match not for the match, just for the build. Um, and uh, but yeah, I could totally see him adding Kale Matt. So good stuff, and, and thank you. All right, that's Elimination Chamber, folks. We will be uh, uh, recording a review show for all of our members um, after the, the event. So it'll probably go up either late Saturday or um, on Sunday at some point. So become a Patreon member and uh, get access to that, as well as all of our other pay-per-view review shows, including Revolution, uh, which will be next weekend. So two big wrestling weekends in a row. We have a um, – we have a uh, – Another, a last uh, super chat about WrestleMania that I want to get to from Matt. And Matt says, what if Stone Cold comes out to prevent The Rock from interfering? Steve Austin, Dusty's original student, mind blown. <laughs> um, thank you, Matt. La- yeah, I mean, God darn. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say that I like wouldn't want to see this because like in the moment, it would be cool. But I think like it would be cool just like just like i don't even i don't even want to call this cool but just like the way nwo and dx fought each other at you know during the sting triple h match cool like it's like cool for like two seconds and then you go wait a minute a this makes no sense and b it's bad and so it's cool if you had a couple uh couple of beers in you and you're like yeah right yeah so then you're like Backtrack, you're like, oh yeah, that did suck. Well, yeah, it wasn't that cool. It's and that's kind of like what I think about this. Like, I think like if it would, you know, I would be, I would cheer for it. I'm a big Stone Cold fan. There he is. I but like, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's some. There, I just don't think that would work. I think people would kind of roll their eyes, especially because Rock and Stone Cold are rivals. I mean, they are like the ultimate, you know rivals they didn't have any run where they were kind of on the same page you know really tagging here and there but like it was not this is not like a reunion of a tag team of sorts like it it really makes no sense for that to happen so um so yeah i'm down on that tyler well he's saying stone cold comes out and like hits the punches the rock right oh prevent okay I take that that last little bit back. I still okay. maintain. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well on that thing. But yeah, they would. It'd be like sort of the old guard of icons selecting their replacements, right? With Rock being Roman being the new Rock and Cody being the new Stone Cold, right? Which yes, I think is yes. more fraught for Cody and Roman than anything, and what you don't yeah. want to do because they're all, each their own person. Yeah. Because um, it never works when you like anoint someone the next anything because then. It just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. So, um, but it's fun. Like definitely it'd be like a moment it's fun, yeah. that, that would be all over. And people would be like, oh my God, he's stomping a mud hole in the rock all over again. This is awesome. But yeah. It would, yeah. Like, like and that would get a sense. huge pop. You know, that'd be yeah. huge. Um, yeah. It, but if he came out on a Kawasaki with a mullet, like the Super Bowl <laughs> ad, you know, yes. I think if Kawasaki paid for Stone Cold to be there, whatever, that'd be fun. So I think, yeah. Well, there you go. If, if, uh, if Kawasaki, I think it was, was Kawasaki. sponsor. The right. main event. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, good. They good want brain spot- recognition, Kawasaki. <laughs> yeah, see, it's working. Don't <laughs> give them that satisfaction. <laughs> but I mean, if Kawasaki calls up Nick Khan and goes, here's what we want to do. We're yeah. going to pay you $2 million for this. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. I think uh, from like a true like analysis perspective, 
you do that, you really load up the match with a lot of like, like attention that goes away from Cody. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, you really want that to be the big, the big, yeah. big story. If you do this, you do it in the tag match, not in the one-on-one. Yes. Yes. Fine. There you go. Then that's more acceptable for that sort of stuff. Right. Awesome. Because it's essentially an exhibition match. I mean, they're all, it's all, wrestling's all exhibition matches, right? But um, it's more so than the world title. So I think you can get some fun stuff in there. Yeah. And and again, you just don't, like, when, when Cody pins Roman, that, like, that they need to like save like a good like five minutes of WrestleMania just for that, just for that yeah. celebration, like just for yeah. that. I mean, it, it is the biggest thing that's happened in WWE in five years, or maybe more than that, probably. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, and that, got and you can get there by like Rock. I'll probably reiterate this a million times before we get there, but you know, if Rock stops Solo and Jimmy from interfering because it's like you know, if Roman's the Tribal chief, he's got to figure it out on his own. Like Black Panther, right? Remember the scene where he fights? Yes. Or what's his name? Killmonger. Killmonger and like no one yeah. can help him because you got to prove you're the real yep. T'Challa. So like you got to like let him do his thing and you cannot help him or he's not the real tribal chief. So like that is like the heel way to get Roman. Yeah. So that's, that's the most intriguing way for me of Cody yeah. doing it on his own without any interference because that's really just the right thing to do. All right, and then the last one from Zach here, and then we'll end uh, the show. Uh, Zach says, I think you owe Darby an apology for last week. It turns out he saved addressing the attack for Sting, and the meta worked because of the Bucks' character. So, I don't know that I owe him an apology, Tyler. Yeah, and I'm I not think sure they heard us and pivoted. <laughs> I mean, the, here's the thing. Like, uh, okay. No, no apology. I give them props for what they did this week because it was a great, I thought it was a really good, very strong video segment, like building up that match. But that needed to be on TV last week. Like you don't get a, like a redo. Like you you still had what happened last week happen or not happen for that matter. So, so no, I'm sorry, Zach. I, I'm not, I'm not going to um, apologize for that. I, I think again, good angle. But you needed that last week. You needed the two of them in the ring. You needed them like doing something to address this last week. And it's better late than never, without question. But you get more out of the entire angle if you do it. Um, if you do it last week. Yeah, and uh, there's also proves that AEW does not trust Darby live in the ring to like get to the point. That's why yeah, the right? video that probably had multiple takes. I don't know if Tony Schiavone is the one producing him in that moment or whoever, but. Um, they probably had the same whoever I don't know if it's Tony Khan, but somebody had the same opinion that you and I had of like, why are you talking about Cody? You need to be talking about Sting. We're gonna film this yes. until you get it right and then we're gonna show it. And that's what they did. So kudos to AEW production for yeah. um for doing that. So absolutely. And 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 again, that was a good piece of business last night for sure. We'll talk about more on the member show, but um yeah, I mean it's just more of that. It's more of that. We had more super chats come in, so we're not ending, Zach. We're not. No, I love this. Hey, look, I'll, as I always say, we will take super chats all day long um, <laughs> to talk with you guys, and um, it's always fun um, doing this. Sean jumping in, saying, "Become a member and define characters better in AEW." I agree with both of those sentiments. The first one, especially. <laughs> yeah, Thank we you, can Sean. only help. We only can do one. I mean, we can't make anyone do anything, but through our content, we can only do one of those things. 
Yes. Unless uh, Anthony Khan, whoever that was, that joined recently. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I always make that joke, so I apologize. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. that I have to read his email. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt also says, the AW triple threat is going to slap. Ooh. You disagree? Probably not a triple. Well, it's probably not a triple threat. Do you see the news? So I've seen two, of course, two bits of news. Um, yeah. Meltzer I mean, says I don't trust Dave recently at all, but that's so what he said it was real. Fightful said it's an angle. Okay, well then I would trust Fightful. So never mind. Dave's yeah. Dave's been striking out a little bit recently, so I did not see the Fightful one. So I appreciate you laying that in front of me. Yeah. So he. Yeah. So yeah, Dave. Um, I mean, like that tells the story right there. <laughs> so like, not not great to have two totally polarized reports come out. But which is why I would this isn't a lesson in journalism, but it's why you confirm with other sources, because clearly there was another story to get. Um, yeah. You can't just you, don't, you don't tweet stories from 10 years ago and think yeah. that it's current, too. That's usually frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. usually. So. Typically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, jumping back in. Zach, Sting's father died, for goodness sake. He couldn't be on the show. It's not about it wasn't about sting. Like, of course not. Of course not. If his father's dying and, and yes, you have to go take care of business. It, it wasn't sting wasn't the problem. Darby was the problem. That was the problem. You could have had Darby very much address that whole angle without Sting there. He didn't. He went totally off the off the cliff with it. So of course he couldn't be on the show. Of course he had to deal with that. And I, I still think you have to do business the right way on the show and you just have to have Darby do it. I'm not being yeah. sensitive. I'm just, that's just real. Yeah. And don't tell Christian this news. either. Don't tell Christian. No, don't. He was a dang menace last night on dynamite. Like that stuff was man. Yeah. That was, that was good. Um, and then Tyler, I'm going to cue you up on this. You're up first. Matt says Wardlow killed that promo. Exclamation point. I want to hear what you said, what you have to say about this. You texted me uh, the show <laughs> in our production meeting and said, Hey, we got to talk about Wardlow. So the floor well, is yours, my friend. Well, I'm going to do, a, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do a tease. We're going to talk about this in depth on the Patreon show. So I hate to like paywall opinions, but I don't think my opinion on Wardlow is like making or breaking anyone's day, but I have a lot to say. So like, that's my tease to join the Patreon and get the Patreon podcast. Uh, if anyone knows my history on my Wardlow takes, you can guess where I'm at. They're not very nice, guys. They they're not. not nice. They're not very nice. I know Matt enjoyed the promo, um, so I'm happy for you, Matt. And if that's a character that you can get behind, I think that works. But I think in the right context, like I can be worked into a shoot here. So I'm I'm intrigued by that <laughs> aspect of it. But uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't like it, and I'll explain why in the Patreon show very good very good um and matt also said did you guys see that it was an actual graveyard location yes that is hysterical um i mean hysterical is probably the wrong way to phrase that but <laughs> it's uh just the the connectivity of what he's saying yeah like it, it, it the, the address that he gave out i think it was sean russ sap that's where i saw it uh, plugged it into google and it is a a graveyard where mm -hmm. i think Daniel Garcia's father is buried. I think that's what he was going for. Probably. 
that's why I said he was a dang menace last night and it was good stuff. Um, and it wasn't cute and it wasn't meta and it was, it was just, you know, like that all works. So I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for calling that out. And thanks for your Wardlow. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of, you're not the only one, Matt, that liked that Wardlow, Wardlow well, promo. Yeah. He had one more super chat. I'll pop up here as well. Oh yeah. Throw up there. Yeah. He thinks Wardlow sucks, but it was the most interesting he's ever been. <laughs> Which I think is a way more. I mean, I'm I'm probably on the same page with you, Matt, on that. But being interesting is not necessarily always like good for the product or good for the character, or you know, I think like Jimmy Uso is interesting. This is not the same thing, so I'm not trying to like do a one for one here. But like Jimmy Uso, Jimmy Uso is interesting when he's got his fourth DUI. It's like something right. to talk about, but it's not good for yeah. him. Obviously, not good for people on the road that is around him, right. or his family, whatever. Not that this is the same thing, but it's we're going to talk about it. We haven't talked about Wordlow in a long time, um, so that's interesting. That is the definition of interesting, but yeah, it, it can also not be good. I wish I didn't have the opinions that I had about Wordlow back in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that before we, that's before you talk to me like hours yeah. every week, and I, I sway you yes. on that. <laughs> I wish I could scrub that from a uh, from a. Uh, the analysis that I have that's out in the ether forever because uh, it doesn't age well at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a talking point for better or worse. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you. Guys, we'll wrap it up there. Oh, wait, we had another one come in. Vince never understood Christian. This is coming from Matt as well. Christian is doing his best work and he's almost 50. Man, look, Christian, I, is one of the most compelling characters on AEW TV. Mm-hmm. I yesterday on the Spotlight Show right here on the Brass Ring Media YouTube channel, I talked spotlighted Samoa Joe and talked about him in the context of his role in AEW and how his history kind of you know always positioned him in a similar spot that he is right now. Christian is like kind of the same way. He's not in the same spot on the card, but this he's done like good work like this all throughout his career. Like he has never had the best matches. He's never been like the best character. He's never been the most over guy or the most hated guy. But, you know, like I think Randy Orton has done interviews where he says like the best guy he's ever been in the ring with is Christian because he's so smart at the, at the business. And I think you, you see that play out on a show that's has characters that are undefined everywhere. You know, he is just trying to be the hated heel at all out here in Chicago. He was, um, you know, doing a signing and he I was like watching him do the signing close by. And he was just a total dick to every everybody that was there, like mm-hmm. in a in a very similar way. I mean, he's into this character and I think it helps so much. It, just, it really does. And I think he can, you know, is he going to be wrestling for the world title? I don't think that he's should be at that level but i mean he could do this for years and and have it really impact aw in a positive way so yeah i'm really high on this yeah me too i mean he's a top three person i want to watch on tv every week and that's not always necessarily wrestling bell to bell right it's it's better when you know shows are going that way like the rock has not been wrestling and that it's not right why he's intriguing, right? He's a large in life personality who's saying crazy things and doing right. fun stuff and entertaining me in a lot of the same ways that Christian is doing. So yeah, I mean he is uh 
he's great. Yep, yep. And Matt says too, I'm gonna let you leave. I promise. <laughs> but Christian has always had the best entrance songs of all time. Kanye our motion. Uh, I love it. Yeah, he does. he's got good ones. He's had good ones all the way back. Um, yeah. So I like the one that he has now too. I think that. Yeah, from like the fits. Like modern wrestling, not just AW, but WWE too. Like of the just like all sounding like create a wrestler two songs, right? Yeah. Like even the video of Seth Rollins not knowing who people are until he sees the name pop up. Like all of us at, at the Rumble because yeah. he doesn't know those things. <laughs> but like, yeah, his is at least I know when I hear it because got at least a interesting sound. It's not just a guitar riff with some some drums, a drum a snare beat in the background. And I'll be really nerdy here. They all they all have like a similar even the AW song to his, to his. WWE, not so much the TNA one. There's like a hint of like a similar beat and a similar melody there. So there's your there's your Easter egg for the week. Go listen to uh, Christian Cage entrance themes and tell me what you uh, if you agree that there's some connection there. Matt, thank you, and thanks to everybody else who who joined the show. Really appreciate it. That was an awesome conversation, um, awesome chat, and awesome preview for Elimination Chamber. Hopefully, you guys are ready to go for the show. We certainly will be up. Um, at the crack of dawn on Saturday morning to watch the show. Um, and uh, we will have our, our review of it um, later in the weekend. So if you want to listen to that, please become a Patreon member. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. Um, you get access to all of our pay-per-view review shows, our Discord community, uh, full access to our written newsletter, and a host of other uh, different treats uh, throughout the month. So we hope we earned your business. We certainly will continue to earn that business if you uh, grace us with it. So thank you, thank you in advance for that. Um, as always, if you are not able to watch us live here on YouTube, um, you can download all the Brass Ring Media podcasts um, as a podcast on your favorite podcast feed. We are there. Um, they go up just a few minutes after um, after we're done with the live shows. And so, yeah, take them to the gym, take them to work, take them in the car. Um, they are there for you to consume um, just as audio um, if you'd like to, to do that as well. Later tonight, right here on YouTube, Robert Vallejos will be back with another episode of Nocturnal Knockout. He did a uh, in-depth kind of uh, look at the past Triple H and the Rock feud um, last week on the show and what that feud looks like currently taking place more in the boardroom than it is in a wrestling ring. So it was a really fascinating conversation. Robert also um, took a look at uh, a couple of the Vince McMahon allegations, the, the spa one in particular, and dove like deep into that uh, initial report, um, read through it, analyzed it. So you can check all that out on a previous episode, but, but yeah, he's bringing a, um, a sports talk feel to, his show and to wrestling analysis. So I highly recommend you guys check it out live tonight on Thursdays, 10 Eastern um, nocturnal knockout with Robert Vallejos. Cool. Uh, thanks everybody. Once again, appreciate you, Tyler. Talk to you soon uh, on the member side of things later. Cool. Everybody. Sounds good. See you.